Hello and welcome to Devotionables, brief devotions for busy people. My name is Derek and today we're looking at Hebrews chapter 7. But when we pick up in verse 1 though, we're already in the middle of a thought. Immediately before this, the author of Hebrews has been assuring his readers of the hope that they have in Jesus Christ. You see, his original audience would have been Christians who under, who are under at least some degree of persecution. They were facing opposition to the gospel, and chapter 6 tells us that there was some pressure for them to apostatize and to turn away from their faith. In face of that temptation, though, the author offers up a picture of hope that rests solely and completely in the Lord. Verse 19 says, We have this as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain where Jesus has gone before as a forerunner on our behalf, having become a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Hebrews is punctuated with amazingly encouraging verses, and surely these verses at the end of chapter 6 are among the best of them. We even sing some of these words to each other, don't we? We sing about Christ, the sure and steady anchor. Those words come from Hebrews chapter 6. We have Christ, the source of our hope and assurance. And what is the final note that the author puts at the end of that great statement? That he became a priest forever, after the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek? Really? It it takes some time to think back. If we've been reading the F-260 plan, then we've got to think way, way back, almost a year ago to when we started in Genesis. And think back to those early chapters and I, we kind of have a faint memory of this Melchizedek this this man who's in there not as a main figure of the book of Genesis we know because we read in Genesis when there's a main person a central part of the story that person has their genealogy explained we hear about their life We hear the generations of Adam. We hear the generations of Noah and Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. We hear their family listed out and their genealogy going back so that we know where they fit into this big story. But we don't get that with Melchizedek. The author of Hebrews even points out, we don't know who his father was. We don't know who his mother was. We don't know when he lived or how long he lived or where he died. He's just there in the story as this incidental figure, it seems like. What do we know about him? Well, we know that he is Melchizedek, that he was a priest of the Most High God. We know that his name means the King of Righteousness. The author of Hebrews translate that for us. And we know that he was King of Salem, which in Hebrews it points out means king of peace. But other than that, we don't know much about this man who Abraham paid a tithe to. It's not the only place his name comes up in scripture, though. We we can think back and think about uh, Psalm 110. You know, this line that he became a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. The author of Hebrews didn't come up with that. That's not something new to him. He's quoting from Psalm 110 when he says that. But Psalm 110 should be a familiar chapter to us. It comes up in lots of places. It comes up in Matthew 22, 
when Jesus is speaking to the Pharisees and he says, whose son is the Christ? The Pharisees have been asking him these complicated questions, trying to trip him up. And Jesus answers back with a question of his own. Whose son is the Christ? And they say, well, it's the son of David. We know our Old Testament. The Pharisees say, we know this truth. The one we're waiting for is the son of David who will sit on David's throne forever. And then Jesus quotes Psalm 110, chapter 1 to them and says, well, if he's the son of David, then how can David say about him, the Lord said to my Lord? In Psalm 110, David called the Messiah, the one they're waiting for, my Lord. So how can he be the son of David if he was David's Lord? And we get this weird picture that the Pharisees don't know how to answer. They give no response. They don't know how to say that this is Jesus Christ, the promised one, who is the son of David, but who has been Lord forever. He is the Davidic king because he's the son of David, but he is not the Christ just on the basis of who his earthly parents were. He is the exalted king forever because he created the universe and he has been Lord from the very beginning. In a similar way, the author of Hebrews brings up this passage and quotes it to say that Jesus is the great high priest, not on the basis of his genealogy. After all, Jesus was the son of David, so he was from David's tribe. He was from the tribe of Judah. So how could he be a priest when all the priests are Levites? All the priests are sons of Aaron, not sons of David. Well, the author of Hebrews is telling us that Jesus is a great high priest of a different kind. And he's a priest not on the basis of who his father's father or his father's father's father ten times over was. He's, on, he's a priest forever on the basis of who he is, the Lord of all. There were many, many priests who were sons of Levi and sons of Aaron. Hebrews says that they came and they ministered for a while and then they died. And there were many, many priests who were replaced again and again. And those priests had to come to the altar and offer sacrifices. Before they could offer the sacrifices for the people, they had to offer sacrifices for themselves so that they could be made righteous and pure, so that they could be sanctified for God's work. But Hebrews tells us that Jesus is a different kind of high priest altogether. He never had to offer a sacrifice for himself because from the beginning he was holy and blameless and undefiled. He was a holy and set-apart priest, and he was the undefiled sacrifice. So that he offered a sacrifice once and for all. The sons of Aaron offered sacrifices again and again and again according to the law. Jesus offered the perfect sacrifice once and for all. And because of that, because he is a different kind of high priest altogether, and he offers a different kind of sacrifice altogether, then we can put our forever trust in him. One sacrifice for all of mankind for all of time, so that we can place our trust in him and in him alone. He was a high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek.